Hey, you come into the second annual Jeep Talk Show Off-Road Event, Texas. It's going to be at Hidden Falls Adventure Park near Marble Falls, Texas. If you're still thinking about it, maybe you want to look at some of the information, go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, and you will see a link to take you to the events page where you can find much of the information you're looking for. And if you still got questions, just send us an email. It was an event 10 years in the making. Two Jeepers brought together by a single podcast. And it would create a lifelong obsession with beaver nuggets and bad cigars. The Jeep Talk Show event at Hidden Falls Adventure Park brought to you by Nexon Tires returns for another trip. Not again. The Jeep Talk Show takes over Hidden Falls June 4th and 5th. Come meet your favorite Jeep Talk Show hosts. See the Jeep Talk Show Gladiator and enjoy some amazing off-road terrain. Did we mention you can get some free stickers, too? Oh, yeah, and I suppose you're going to say, you know, while you're in there. The second annual Jeep Talk Show Meet the Hosts event at Hidden Falls Adventure Park in Marble Falls, Texas, June 4th and 5th. Yeah, I'll be there. Brought to you by the Nexon Tires Rodian MTX Mud Terrain Tire. Yeah, I want to give me some of those. For more information, go to JeepTalkShow.com or follow the show on Facebook. Yeah, that's, that's where you guys have been hiding. So the event is uh, about a week away. Um, uh, 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 I gotta start packing. Yeah, exactly. So the the event's about a week away. And Josh, I was thinking about something. And hear me out on this because I think it'd be really popular for the for the event. You know, we don't have the money to do this, but you know how some places they buy those dunking pools where somebody oh, sits yeah. sits on yeah. the the thing hit and, the, and, and hit the target and yeah. dunk the hook. And ideally, that would be me, but I I don't I don't. That's not good. So anyway, uh, uh, this is something for you to do, and I think it makes sense. You know how we talked about the uh, while you're in there and the Jeep Talk Show stickers. If yeah. we could get you to wear some really tight pants, we could put some stickers in your pocket. And then we could uh, sell uh, little tickets. Are those Jeep Talk Show stickers in your pocket? Or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> I am just sitting here, and I I like sighed to myself. She was my buying eyes it. Closed. Oh, look, this is going to be good. Tony, Tony's right on top of things. Yeah, nodding along, <laughs> shaking oh, yeah, no, my head. Yeah. Good God, it's fun. For, it's then, fun for the whole family. Well, maybe not the whole family. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Anyway. Gosh, do you feel like you're being sexually harassed? Do we not have an HR department I, or something? No. It's, it's only I, sexual I, harassment when you don't like it. Yeah, you can only rape the willing. <laughs> oh, the God. unwilling. How does that work? The unwilling. <laughs> so you need to work that out before the yeah. trial. <laughs> uh, Poor you know, Paul. Have you been watching the, the Johnny Depp thing? You know? Uh, anyway, no rape allegations. We're going to put this at the end of the episode, Tony. We'll put this at the I end know. of the episode. <laughs> This episode brought to you by Nixon Tire USA and the Rodian MTX Tires. Paul's got his hand on his face, uh-huh. driving, down, driving down the highway to the next event. He's going to die because of just face palming. I love them. Not, just, not Paul's hands, but the Nixon Rodian MTX Tires. Uh, I love both the Nixon and the tires. Keep listening for the next Nixon Tire USA giveaway, which was last Friday, right? No, or it's is now. It this Friday? It's this episode. Now? Oh, is it Where next Friday? No, I said Here. I said it had to be in May. So I'm it, present and accounted for. <laughs> Stay tuned for the next next entire giveaway. You're listening to a four x four, four by four radio network podcast. 
Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Nixon Tire, leading global tire manufacturer, announced that its Rodian MTX tire was recognized with an award in the transportation category at the 2018 Good Design Award. The Rodian MTX was highly recognized for its distinctive designs of the machine and beast dual sidewalls, Versatile for on- and off-road driving that offers customers the freedom to choose their designs according to preference and vehicle type. The Rodian MTX's solid and aggressive design is also suited to provide durability and comfort with its patented noise-canceling technology. The tire is strategically designed to avoid repetitive tread block contact that significantly reduces tire noise. The MTX offers three-ply carcass or three layers of sidewall protection that is designed specifically to offer more stability and durability when hauling heavy loads. The Nexon Rodian MTX comes in many different sizes, but for us off-road types, the Rodian MTX comes in 33, 35, and 37-inch diameters. Check out the NexonTireUSA.com site for specific diameter and wheel sizes. Now you, the listener... Have a chance to win a set of Nexon Rodian MTX tires for your Jeep. You'll have to call into our voicemail line. Go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find the phone number. You'll need to be caller number 25 and the phrase that pays, Nexon Tire, we got you. Now we want to, do we want to try several different uh, versions of this or just leave it at... Uh, no, let's just keep the same. <laughs> We're starting to piss I, people. So. We're going with this. All right, so caller 25, Nexon Tire, we got you. That's caller 25. And the phrase that pays, Nexon Tire, we got you. You must be 18 years of age or older. Your mailing address must be in the continental United States. You may only call in once per giveaway. Any required word or phrase must be said exactly and completely the first time. Your call must include your caller ID. One chance to win per individual per giveaway. All these rules must be followed unless otherwise stated. Failure to follow these rules will disqualify you from being eligible for the giveaway. We will contact you with a text message at the number you called from. Good luck, Jeeper. The Nexon Rodian MTX tires are the same tires that Tony has on both the XJ and the Jeep Talk Show Gladiator. Jeep Mama has them on her, well, had them on her Rubicon, misses them already. Wendy and Bill have them on their JKU. I even have a set that I haven't installed on my broke-ass Jeep XJ yet. Everybody who has used the Nexon Rodian MTX tires off-road has been utterly amazed at just how well these tires perform. Oh, and they're surprisingly quiet on the road as well. Isn't it time that you see what all the fuss is about? Get your own set of Nexon Rodian MTX tires today. And while you're at it, get a set for your tow rig, too. Remember, that's NexonTireUSA.com. Hey, the JTS team is here to inform and entertain you about Jeeps. If you're new to the Jeep world or thinking about jumping in and getting your feet dirty, you're in the right place. Whether you're interested in having a unique off-road vehicle ready to hit the trails or that daily driver that's also a weekend warrior, this show is for you. Find out more information about the uh, Jeep Talk Show at jeeptalkshow.com. Welcome back to the show, my fellow Jeeper. In this episode, I've got a big story about Jeep's parent company and some legal woes. We'll also find out some interesting demographics on just who owns Jeeps anyways. I've got a group of Jeepers doing some good things for a good cause, and later I'll be helping you with some electrical troubleshooting. Hey, I'm Tammy, a.k.a. Jeep Mama, and coming up on Jeep Life with the upcoming Jeep Talk Show wheeling event... I share my do's and don'ts of trail etiquette. 
Hi, I'm Tony, and it's just a few days away to the second annual Jeep Talk Show event, Texas. Check out our website, jeeptalkshow.com, and you will be able to go to a nice little page. There will be a little pop-up, and you'll be able to go to a page where you can get a lot of information about Hidden Falls uh, Adventure Park, uh, how to get there, what GMRS channels that we're going to be uh, using, uh, a map uh, of the trails that we're going to be going on. Uh, we're actually going to have uh, be doing multiple uh, runs. We're going to be breaking the groups up into at least two groups, maybe more, depending on how many people out there. And you know, I can't I can't state this uh, enough times. Free beef. Where's the beef? It's going to be at the second annual Jeep Talk Show event because uh, Chuck from uh, RM uh, Cattle and Construction is bringing a butchered steer and uh, John L will be barbecuing and cooking all that stuff up for you wonderful Jeep Talk Show listener. Local Jeep news, national Jeep news and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. Jeep's parent company Stellantis, the world's fifth largest automaker, will reportedly soon plead guilty to an end a multi-year investigation into its efforts to conceal the amount of pollution created by its diesel engines. According to Reuters, the U.S. Justice Department and Jeep's parent company Stellantis could announce as early as next week that the automaker has agreed to pay up to $300 million, it's million with a B, to settle allegations of criminal fraud. The Justice Department began investigating Stellantis around 2019 when the automaker recalled nearly 1 million vehicles in the U.S. and Canada for not meeting federal tailpipe emission standards. As of last year, the agency has announced criminal charges for just three Stellantis employees. The probe involved approximately 100,000 Ram pickup trucks and Jeep SUVs sold in the U.S. market. If you're having a deja vu moment, it's because five years prior to that, Volkswagen famously pleaded guilty to its own emission scandal that got quite a bit of attention. Dieselgate, as many referred to it, saw the German automaker eventually pay more than two, or I'm sorry, $20 billion, that's billion with an M, in fines and legal settlements for installing illegal software designed to cheat government emissions tests. If all some Jeep and Ram trucks did was not make the mark or failed to meet federal tailpipe standards, well, I can take that. Hell, who among us hasn't failed a test or two in our day, huh? But VW cheated the system, and they got slapped with a much bigger fine. $300 million is still a lot of money, but when compared to the $20 billion VW had to pay, I think we're all good over at Jeep. That's chump change for Oprah. The, the $300 million, not the $20 billion. <laughs> <laughs> Oprah was like, oh my God, 20 million. <laughs> a lot of money still. I mean, uh, you know, that's that's uh, more than I think all of us will ever make in our lifetime combined. So, yeah, I mean, right. you, you could outfit a good Jeep with 300 million. It just doesn't seem like a little <laughs> slap on the wrist to me. No, but when compared to that 20 billion that Volkswagen had to pay, uh, it, it's, it's definitely a marked difference. And I, and I think True. it's because of, uh, of the fact that it was an inadvertent. Uh, mistake. It wasn't something that they deliberately did, purposely, like Volkswagen, yeah. to purposefully cheat the system. This was just, well, you didn't meet the standards. So I think that it was there was something where they said that they did, but they didn't. They didn't have like software in place that was saying that they did. It was just we're claiming that we're getting you know twenty miles to the gallon with you know uh, you know almost zero emissions, but in fact you got fifteen miles to the gallon and it did put out some emissions or something like that. I don't you know whatever it was, uh, they just didn't meet the standards. So I mean you you didn't make the grade, uh, you know crap happens, um, and you're gonna have to pay the fine for it uh, because you said that you could. <laughs> 
So whatever. You know, I think we're going to move on from this and enough water under the bridge and this will all be just some history. You know, I, I'm sure I don't really understand the, the, the complete ramifications of this and probably get some uh, some hate mail. Uh, Nikki G at the 10 Minute Podcast to send it to him. Um, I, I thought it was cool what VW did. This said, F you. <laughs> and you want, you want some standards that are just stupid? Well, okay, here's your standards. Kiss my ass. Yeah. I had a, a coworker at my last job who was affected by that, um, owned a Volkswagen, I think it was a Jetta or a Passat or something like that, of that generation, diesel. And he had it for, I don't know, six months, something like that. And then all this kind of came, came to a head uh, and he could not continue to drive the vehicle. It was part of this whole scandal thing. So uh, he was forced to sell the vehicle back to Volkswagen. And they, they basically paid him the, the going rate, uh, the value for the vehicle. I mean, he ended up driving the thing for six months, and I think he ended up getting back what he paid for the vehicle because it had actually appreciated somewhat in that time or something. I don't know how it all worked, but he ended up making money out of the deal. Not much, but basically got to drive a, a, a Volkswagen, a brand new Volkswagen for about six months for free. So... But yeah, had to had to give it back at the end of all that. So basically, yeah. Well, especially with the cheat they did. So uh, this is uh, this reminds me of Star Trek. Scotty was always putting something in diagnostics mode to get around a an issue, and basically VW put their their testing in diagnostics mode <laughs> anytime there was a OB22 scanner. Hold on, to it. Captain. Just let me. <laughs> Every car was rebooted with F8, gone into safe mode. It's just how it works. I just. Uh, I didn't know that he couldn't keep it. Actually, now that you're saying this, I, th- I think you, I remember you talking about this before. And, and it, he legally couldn't keep it. Correct. Yeah, oh, because it, it was it was it wasn't legal to drive. It, it didn't have the the standards or whatever. Uh, you know, I, I, again, I don't know how that works because you could, you know, I could slap a V8 in my Cherokee and That's get three miles to the gallon and be you know, rolling coal if it was a diesel, you know, I mean, it, you know, it, there's just all kinds of emission standards that you can get around if you modify your vehicle, if it's an older generation, but because it was a brand spanking new vehicle, and I'm guessing because it wasn't fully paid for or something, I don't, you know, again, I don't know how it all, how it all worked down. This is a number of years ago. It was probably uh, a big government overreaction, like, like well, let's, let's clean up this mess. It was a, vis- a visible thing. Well, and it thing. could have been a dealership thing, too. It could have been just that this particular dealer had agreed to this particular program or something, and so they were the ones who had to buy all the vehicles back or something. I, I don't know. I don't know. All, I'm, all I know is I'm glad that Jeep hasn't had to go through all of that, and all they're going to have to do is just pay a fine. Oh, can you imagine your Jeep getting taken away from you? That would suck. Oh, good lord. I just put tires on it, you sons of bitches! Well, also, too, I thought that the the defeating uh, software only went into effect whenever the OBD2 uh, scanner thing was was hooked up. So, that... Oh, very, very... uh, That makes me wonder why why it would be illegal. It it works just fine unless it's being tested. That's why I was talking about the diagnostics mode. It'd be nice to, you know... Hook up the OBD2, and now you're getting the great gas mileage and more power and everything else. I ran a bypass, Captain. So, you know, I don't know. I, I, I just think it was a face-saving thing that they were uh, punishing, this really punishing VW, making an example out of them for anybody else that uh, wanted to do this. Finally, well, some software from a car dealer that worked. Yeah, right. <laughs> Good one, Tony. <laughs>
Well, as we all know, owning a Jeep is, well, quite incredible. It can be anyways. And depending on your level of social awkwardness, it can feel like being in an exclusive club of some sort at times. Those who are regular practitioners of the Jeep wave are well aware of what owning a Jeep means in their lives. But it's certainly much more than a simple wave or the geometry of the grill. But what exactly do we know about Jeep owners, the people who actually own Jeeps? Well, if you listen to this show, well, you'll probably have a much different idea of what Jeepers are compared to most. However, some recent market research conducted by a company called Hodges & Company gathered data on thousands, literally hundreds of thousands, of Jeep owners of 2007 to 2018 and 2018 to 2021 Wrangler and Wrangler Unlimited models. The results of this data go into detail about whether the brand caters more to men than women, if the average Jeep owner is a parent, their average annual and median income, where in the U.S. they reside, and, and a whole lot more. So I thought it might be interesting to break down some of this data into what I think are probably the most interesting, uh, in, in, in interesting categories. So for instance, let's find out which states have the most Wranglers. This is going to be interesting. Uh, Definitely. I, I, I thought it would be have been a little, a little bit different, but out of the 50 states, the most 2007 to 2021 Jeep Wranglers and uh, Unlimited, JKs and JLs, JKUs, JLUs, and all that, can be found in New York. Huh. Of all places, New York. Ooh, never would have guessed that. Never in a million years would have guessed that. Now, followed by Texas, then California, I thought that would have been in a different order as well, then Pennsylvania, and finally Michigan. I can see Again. Pennsylvania. I, I could kind of see Pennsylvania, te uh, California, and Texas definitely in, in that list as well, but I thought for sure those two states would have been at the top, and California would have been leading uh, leading the, the chart. Colorado. I, I would think Colorado would just be a natural place, Cal and Arizona as well. Now, here, here's, they're going to break it down even further. For the most Jeep Wranglers uh, per capita, so let's take, you know, per thousand people in this area, um, you know, uh, per state, you know, and how that all works, uh, math and geometry and, and all that sort of stuff, Oklahoma came in first. Wow. Freaking Oklahoma, followed wow. by Michigan, who was last on the last list, then New Hampshire, Wyoming, and then New Jersey. So huh. back, back, it kind of bass backwards almost from our last list, including a, a bunch of very rural states. So there you go. Uh, now, now we get into the battle of the sexes, if you will. Uh, does Jeeps do uh, Jeeps cater more to men or women? Another debate surrounding Jeep Wranglers is if the model favored more amongst uh, is favored more amongst women than than men. And uh, are, are they more mostly driven by soccer moms uh, picking up the kids from school or groceries? You know all that sort of stuff, or is it largely driven by men? The data claims that 28%, 28% of all 2007 to 2018 Wrangler JK and Unlimited JK owners are women, with the other 72% Wow. Being. Now, let's look into the age and, uh, and whether or not people have children uh, of Wrangler owners. So, this data um, in this study found that a significant demographic of Jeep Wrangler owners are, are aged between 25 and 54 um, that, that is the most, I think it was around 60% or something like that of all Wrangler owners are between the ages of 25 and 54. And out of those, 93% of them have kids. That I thought was a, was a stunning statistic. Now, as we, many of us may know, Jeeps are not cheap, especially new ones. The MSRP for a 2022 base model, the bottom of the line Jeep Wrangler starts at about $30,000 and the multitude of trims and features only sends the price upward. I think we, uh, in the last few episodes, we were talking about the, uh, the mean price, the average price of a Wrangler right now is, is $50,000. So what does this say about the annual income of a Jeep owner? 
Well, according to the data, the average annual household income for a two-door Jeep JL is around $115,000. Owners of the four-door Jeep JLU have a slightly higher annual household income at just over $122,000. So what this tells me, uh, bottom line here, uh, out of all these figures, is that there are a lot of rat bastards out there. <laughs> <laughs> or they had money, but they don't now because they In bought a honesty, Jeep. <laughs> right. This, this survey was conducted using the data provided from over 300,000 Jeepers from all oh, across goodness. the U.S. So if you want to think, oh, that, they, they only interviewed like 100 people. You know, in, in Wine State, no, this is a, a, almost a half a million people. 300,000 Jeepers from all across the United States where it took part of, of this survey. And all the data collected, this is just a fraction of, of, of what, they, uh, what they discovered from all of that. So some very interesting stats about Wrangler owners and, uh, and here in the U.S. What do you guys think about all that? I'm, th- I'm kind of surprised about the male-female um, percentage. My, yeah, I too. I thought it would Michael, been a yeah, bit more he, he, evenly evenly split. Right. Is that where you where you fell fell to? Yeah, I figured there'd be more females because actually my son Michael, when he was working at CarMax, he said the only people that would come test drive the Wranglers were always middle aged moms or young teenage girls. Oh yeah, because the guys aren't going to test drive it. They already know. Well, probably <laughs> true. <laughs> No, I, I, I'm, I'm completely guessing. Right. I, I'm, but I, yeah, that just really I'm surprised me there, that that was so low. Well, I was surprised uh, that the spread, 28 and 72%, yeah. uh, and, and 72% being men. I honestly was thinking a little bit more like 60-40. Uh, well, I, I, I knew it wasn't going to be a 50-50 split, and, and I, and I kind of was... Because honestly, you know, out here in the Northwest, most of the Jeep owners that I see are men. There are there are a lot of women Jeep owners. Certainly, a lot more in the last five or ten years than ever before. Uh, but uh, um, the majority of what I see are are male owners. Uh, well, and, and maybe so they're male owners. Say it but again. Their wife has the. It's their wife's. Well, that's, that's a possibility. Oh, two. Maybe no. that okay. could be it. Yeah. You know, Josh, I see I see something here that I don't think you guys uh, saw. You you said that the survey uh, they conducted the survey with three hundred thousand jeepers. Yeah, if they could have gotten a thousand dollars for each one of those jeepers, they could have paid that three hundred million dollar fine. <laughs> this is the type of thinking that's, that's going point. to propel yeah, us. To, oh, like they to would, start like them. you're gonna. Oh, I'm gonna pay a thousand dollars. To take this survey. Well, to help the company that built your beloved yeah, Jeep. No. You know, come on. It's just a, a drop I in the don't bucket. I think they need any help. You can't, even buy a, you can't even buy a bumper for your Jeep for $1,000. <laughs> That's true. So true. Well, there's uh, some good times and uh, and a good cause behind it all. Uh, this is an event that I have not heard before, but I, uh, I stumbled across it, read into a little bit, and I was like, oh, yeah, I got to get behind this. So Jeep vehicle enthusiasts will converge on Richard B. Russell Regional Airport, which sits about just six miles or so north of Rome, Georgia, on June 25th, for an event that is sure to draw a big crowd. The Seven Hills Rubicon is what it's called. It's a Jeep group ride and Jeep show and shine event to support the Floyd County Police Department's Santa Bike Patrol program. People love Jeeps, said Sergeant Chris Fincher of the FCPD. We know that locally there are a lot of Jeep fans in town. You can tell by the number of vehicles that you see on the road. We hope it'll be a popular fundraiser, he says. The event will feature a group ride as well as competitions. Gates open up at 9 a.m. The group rides will take place at 10 a.m. as well as at noon. The 10 a.m. ride will take participants through the pocket in uh, Armucci 
to uh, Villano and back again for lunch. The noon noon ride cruises through Big Texas Valley into Chatta, Chattahooga, <laughs> Chattooga County over Silver Hill. Boy, I'll get these oh, names right. Chattanooga. I, I thought I recognized that. Is it Chattanooga? Okay, Chattanooga County so. over, over Silver Hill. Uh, it has a chance for area residents to show off their Jeep vehicles and see what others have to offer. There will also be prizes awarded in five different competition categories. Most extreme, and they're going to be measured by you know big tires, lights, lots of bling. It's you know pretty much go big or go home. Uh, the ultimate beater will be a prize as well. If your Jeep vehicle is a little rough around the edges, rust and dent is welcome in this category. Best restoration is going to get a prize as well. If your elbow grease, blood, sweat, and tears have turned your beater into a showpiece, well, this will be the category for you to enter in. Of course, there will be a military category as well. If your vehicle, uh, Jeep vehicle would make Uncle Sam proud, you got to show it off, right? Bring your restorations, government service, or replicas will definitely be welcome. And of course, it will be a People's Choice Award as well. All the people who are there will decide on this Best in Show Award being voted on by everybody in attendance. The Seven Hills Rubicon will also feature food trucks, vendors, and prizes. You don't have to have a Jeep to attend either. If you've ever had a Jeep or are thinking about getting one or just like being around them, well then come on out and enjoy the camaraderie, the atmosphere, and the hundreds and hundreds of Jeeps that are going to be in attendance. And of course, if you have a Jeep or are within driving distance and want to show it off, then this is going to be a great place to do just that. Venture said that they're still looking for food trucks and vendors to participate in this year's event. You'd also like to see some outdoor vendors selling recreational toys, kayaks, and you know other things like that that cater to outdoor uh, Jeepers and uh, enthusiasts of that kind and stuff that they might be interested in. So there's room for vendors at the show, too. General admission is just 5 bucks, and those who would like to bring their Jeep pay $20, and that covers both the vehicle and two people's entrance. All of the proceeds from this event will benefit the FCPD's Santa Bike Patrol, which is in its third year this year, and this program helps local needy kids get a bicycle for Christmas. Oh, come on, nothing greater than that. To date, uh, to date this program has helped more than 200 kids get bikes for Christmas. Awesome. Additional information or to participate, call 706 706- 252-4234. Visit online at sevenhillsrubicon.com or visit the events, uh, events Facebook page by searching Seven Hills Rubicon. Of course, we'll have those links and phone number in the show notes for this episode at jeeptalkshow.com. Offenders welcome. <laughs> Offenders welcome <laughs> if you've got five bucks. <laughs> yeah, I was going to filter that thing down for you where it said everybody is welcome, got a Jeep, want a Jeep, don't have a Jeep, just come out. I know, right? If, if you, <laughs> like, wait if a you, minute. If you got five this. bucks, we want you to come. <laughs> if if you got a Jeep, we especially want you to come because it's $20. No, but I think that's great what they're doing for getting uh, bicycles for kids. I mean, could you imagine, uh, and, and I know that this is going to be a sad story from one of you guys, uh, being a kid and not having a bicycle and just having to stand there while your friends are riding around on bicycles, getting clipped by Jeeps as they uh, power down the street. Yeah, that's when I learned how to ride a skateboard. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you've got a link, uh, or a link, a, a news tip or response to any one of our stories, heck, if you've got a link that we need to click on, uh, by all means, send it on over. Head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out all the different ways that you can reach out and join in on the fun. You know, I haven't heard it talked about, but I wonder if John's going to be barbecuing up some links with that uh, brisket and uh, the steaks and everything he's going to be cooking. Links would be good. You know, Eat. this is cool because I would normally talk about stuff like this and you would have no way of getting any, getting any but you're going to be there. So yeah, I'm gonna. I might even get a chance to I'm cook gonna, some. So yeah, I'm, I, I want to see how much you can eat, Josh. You talk about how you can put it away. Put it away. Let's see. <laughs> Luckily, you're going to be on the top bunk at the uh, at the starlight thing, so there'll be a buffer zone where it builds up and, and pushes down 
into the lower, oh. the lower section. Roll tape. <laughs> Roll tape. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Hey, Jeeper, be sure to tell your friends, all of your off-road enthusiast buddies about the 4x4 Radio Network. There's a ton of stuff over there for all kinds of off-roaders, even if they're not Jeepers. We have the Center Steer Podcast. We have the On the Trail Podcast. We've heard about that from uh, one of our upcoming uh, interviewees here, Cody, yep. who's going to be on the show this again week. here very soon. Yeah. Trail Chasers, uh, of course, you know, like I said, uh, the 4x4 Podcast. Just a ton of great off-road shows. It's all in one place. Did I mention it's all for free? All you got to do is head over uh, to the 4x4radionetwork.com website. This is number four, letter X, the number four, and radionetwork.com. 4x4radionetwork.com. We'll see you there. Free? Did you say free? Those are rookie numbers. We need to get those numbers up. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, coming up in Tech Talk, checking for blown fuses. Just look for the smile. The easy way. You know, Josh, I think it was uh, a couple of shows back you were asking about reviews and I haven't seen any reviews on the show uh, on Apple or Facebook or really any of the places. We get a, a few in on the, the app, but I noticed that whenever you use the Jeep Talk Show app, either iOS or Android, it'll occasionally pop up and ask you to rate the show and maybe type a little something in. And, yeah. uh, and people do, and, and I see those on occasion, but you know, most people just... just uh, uh, Exit nice those show. Things. No, they just, they, just, they just exit those things and get back to what they were doing, the entertainment. Um, but, you know, I realized we haven't been talking about uh, reviews, uh, asking people to give us reviews. So if you guys uh, would like to give us a review, uh, good or bad, I mean, we actually have more fun with the bad ones. Um, that uh, uh, I don't. <laughs> this is no, your opportunity have, to we learn. Have a history. We have a history here on the show that uh, for the last 10, 11, 12 years that we've been doing this, uh, that regardless of what you have to say, we read it here on the show. Yeah. So if you give us a review, there's something that you got to take us to task on, or you just want to give us a pat on the back. Either way, we're going to read your review here on the show verbatim. Word for word, your review gets read out here on the show. So uh, if there's something that you got to say, by all means, leave us a review. Give us that, that, that five stars or that four stars, whatever it may be, and let us know what you have to say. You know, it's funny. Uh, I uh, I was uh, uh, talking with a, a lady on TikTok, or as I like to say, TikTok, and uh, I uh, she has a Jeep, and I said, "Hey, could you do me a favor? Could you take a moment of your time and listen just to some of one of our episodes and let us and let me know what you think about it?" And I said, "And negative is 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 good because that's potentially helpful." So uh, a few days have passed, and she sent me a message today, or the Jeep Talk Show. Uh, on uh, TikTok, and she said, "So, give me some help here. I went oh. and looked at your your podcast, and you've been doing it for twelve years. <laughs> Where do I start?" And I'm thinking, "Oh, <laughs> not on episode one. Yeah, no. no, don't don't give us a review on episode one based <laughs> no. on that episode. We're really I, the first fifty for that matter." Yeah, but I told her that uh, I would recommend like uh, probably. Uh, Anything within the last two years uh, would be a good place to start. Sure. Yeah. And uh, I think the, the quality of the show has, uh, has gotten good. I think it gets better. Uh, but uh, I said two years. She goes, well, that's what I'll do. I'll, uh, I'll go back two years and start listening. So uh, hopefully wow. uh, she'll Wait, have some, cool. uh, some, uh, some criticism for us and, uh, or just love it like most everybody else does. But anyway, take a time to go over to uh, Apple or uh, really any place where you can leave a review on the show. Uh, and leave a review and and uh, go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and let us know 
that you put one out there and I'll find it and we'll read it on the show. Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? Jeep Talk Show has been my weekly rotation. Look forward to it every week, each and every Friday. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. I support a great podcast, been a lifelong Jeeper myself, continue to learn with each and every episode that I listen to. Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. Absolutely. If you like Jeeps, anything to do with Jeeps, I like it for the, the technical, clear content, advice, and learning. You know, Tammy, it strikes me that you may have had a few run-ins with rat bastards uh, over your life. What do you think about the the people that don't pay for the the Jeep Talk Show? Is it fair to call them rat bastards? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, I, no, I'm on no. the fence. <laughs> that's not that's not working with the show, Tammy. <laughs> I, okay, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah. There we go. I d- yeah. I knew you'd come bastard. around. <laughs> <laughs> Do you do you know how to become uh, not a, a former rat bastard, Tammy? You gotta pay, <laughs> right? It sounds cheap when you say it, but I know. <laughs> you gotta give us the money. Now you gotta subscribe. That's right. Gotta subscribe to the show. Yeah, yeah. Go over to. It just always struck me as you know. I guess it. I don't know. Women just don't call each other rat bastards, so it's just kind of weird. Well, you know, things are changing. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, you hear that uh, sometime soon. Those women seem to be getting a lot, of, a lot more aggressive these days is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think we have other words. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, don't, I don't know. What would we hang on a, a Jeep that would be that other word? Uh, yeah, I know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Go Moving along. Tape. Roll tape. Yeah. Anyway, so just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and see how you can be a former rat bastard. But I always say it. If you want to continue to call yourself a rat bastard, that's fine with me. We'll do the same thing. (laughs) From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And in episode 611, you talked about the kid that stole her parents' Jeep and the they were having her arrested. Yeah, I think that's a bad idea. Uh, it gives her a record. And you know who she's going to call for bail money. Yeah, I had my car stolen one time. Yeah, I was going to call the cops. But then I just decided to let the thief take care of the bodies in the trunk. Yeah, that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling to tell you I had a joke about the wind. Yeah, but it really blows. boys and girls i'll chat you later you have a good one bye you remember when nikki g started doing production uh with his uh his call yeah name? i oh, do yeah. <laughs> it used to be it was just uh uh up and down audio and now the audio is just really even and he puts and he stuff in it music. yeah i used to yeah. have to put that in myself i used to have to play the uh, that uh, that little musical thing at the end but now he does it all i got to do is make it a little louder and uh and play it on the show it's great thank you nikki g you got tech questions? Ah, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. I just, I, it's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! Over the years in Tech Talk, I've gone into detail about all kinds of electrical topics. Everything from repairs to tips and tricks to component identification and beyond. In this installment of Tech Talk, I'd like to cover a simple trick that I can't believe I haven't really talked about before. And that's testing fuses. I know it's a simple topic, and honestly, it's likely beneath a lot of you. But I know for certain that there are lots of Jeepers out there 
who don't even know where their fuse panel is. So this is for all of you. An all too common situation can occur to any Jeeper at any time, and that's dealing with a blown fuse. Maybe it's something as simple as a cigarette lighter no longer working, or to something more serious like a whole series of components suddenly failing. Fuses are in every vehicle heading back at least a half a century or more, and there's a, they're there for a good reason. And they're meant to be the weak link in the electrical system should a fault arrive. Now, that's not to say a blown fuse means that there's a serious problem in that circuit. It could have blown because of something as simple as a power surge or something like water getting in someplace that it shouldn't have. Either way, you're suddenly faced with something not working, and it's time to do some, some little bit of troubleshooting to figure out what's going on. Now, a word of caution here. Sometimes the situation is more serious than a blown fuse, and you could indeed be faced with a more serious problem. We'll deal with that in another episode, but for now, let's figure out how to find which fuse is blown the fastest and the safest way. Some people may opt for visual identification. No matter how old the Jeep, fuses are easily identified when they are blown. All types of fuses have a small filament-like piece of metal inside of them. The length, thickness, and shape of this metal filament is what determines the amperage rating of the fuse, or how many amps it will protect against before it blows. Oftentimes, there is a spark involved in this blowing internally to the fuse, creating a burnt look to it. Other times, it's not as obvious. Either way, you don't want to go through, a multiple, fuse, uh, mul go through multiple fuse panels, pulling out multiple fuses one at a time, inspecting each one, and then reinserting it. You're going to be there for half the day doing that, and may not even find what you're looking for. The quickest, fastest, and safest way to check for a blown fuse is going to be using a test light. Another word of caution here, not all test lights are created equal. Using an inferior test light on a circuit containing something like an airbag can have disastrous results. This is why I always recommend having a good quality test light in your toolbox. Opting for that cheap light bulb and a screwdriver handle type of thing with a piece of wire and an alligator clip coming off of it is only going to lead to trouble. So find yourself a good quality logic probe. Logic probes are, you know, they're airbag and computer safe. If you uh, tap a wire, uh, probe a wire, probe a circuit, and it just so happens to be something computer or airbag related, it's not going to send voltage or ground or anything else down that line causing an issue. And you don't have to spend 250 bucks through Snap-on or Maco to get a good quality tool either. Hell, even Harbor Freight now has units that will test for both voltage and ground while being airbag and computer safe. Now, typically, these styles of probes will hook up to a battery with alligator clips and or even plug into a cigarette lighter for power. Even if your cigarette lighter circuit is blown, well, the ground is still there no matter what, and that is essentially all you really need for this testing procedure. Now, using the test light and having access to your fuse panel, you're going to have to know where that is, so be sure to refer to your user manual or just do a Google search. Take the tip of your probe and touch it to each of the small metal points that are on the top of each fuse. Each and every fuse style, whether it's torpedo, ATO, MTC, full-sized, maxi, mini, or micro, every fuse type has points on it for the purpose of testing. Oftentimes, these are recessed into the plastic body of the fuse itself, but they are always on the top. Doing this procedure with the ignition all the way on is going to help you identify any potential circuit that doesn't have power as well. Moving the probe quickly from one point on the fuse to the next and then moving on to the next fuse will save a lot of time and give you an accurate reading of whether or not that fuse on that circuit is good or not. It takes a fraction of the time of actually pulling the fuse out, inspecting it, and putting it back. Plus, there's no risk of a misdiagnosis. Having the right tools for the job and knowing how to use them will make any situation on any vehicle a lot easier to deal with. So, the next time you go to test a fuse for yourself or somebody else, 
Remember the test light and remember the testing points on the tops of the fuses. Oh, and hey, while you're in there, be sure to double check the status of your spare fuses. Making sure that you have some on hand and that they are readily accessible is very important. A blown fuse is only half the equation. Getting some power back into that circuit is going to require some spare fuses. It's always good. It's always a good thing to have some spares. Yeah. I think you brought that up once before about having spares, and now I keep them a whole bunch of spares. And, and Murphy's yeah. Law says that if you have spares, you'll never use them, which is great. No, but you can. someone else might need them on the trail. There you go. Now you're thinking like a jeeper. Well, anything to add? Maybe you have a question for Tech Talk or something that you're stuck on your own Jeep build or maybe just something that you have scratching your head. Just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Find out a way to send us a message and you might find your next topic right here on Tech Talk in the next Jeep Talk Show. Quick question for you, Josh. Um, sure, what do you got? I hope you didn't already cover this. I was uh, doing some stuff with levels. Um, everything's level now. Um, the uh, the Logic Pro, how does it how does it keep from uh, like triggering an airbag? Because I mean, to Good me, question. it's just it's just a battery and a light type thing, or a power source and a light. Uh, so the Logic Probes actually have a little circuit board inside of them. The old test lights literally are nothing more than a screwdriver handle with an incandescent bulb in it. Uh, yeah. The newer generations of them have a little LED versus a, a an incandescent, but nonetheless. A logic probe versus a test light is going to have a, a small little circuit board inside. That circuit board has a number of diodes and stuff in it to prevent the voltage from going uh, going back through the probe. So regardless of what your um, you know whether or not the probe is powered up or not, uh, it is not sending voltage back down the uh, back down or through the probe. It comes into the probe and that's where it stays. A light will come on or a light will go off uh, depending on the uh, the type of probe that you have. Uh, and it's usually a red and a green LED, red for power, green for ground. Uh, and when you touch something, you can either determine whether or not there's, uh, you know, ground on that circuit or whether or not there's power on that circuit. And I guess that's the logic part of it. It doesn't really get any more. It's not going to do your homework for you. It's just telling you no. it's smart from the standpoint of knowing what's power and what's ground. There are some rather high-end units of logic probes out there that actually have the ability to send voltage down. Uh, and can read voltage. They're a cross between a power supply, a digital multimeter, and a test light. Uh, they're relatively expensive. Uh, kits are usually in the, in the two or $300 range, which is pretty expensive for a single tool. Uh, but nonetheless, if you are into vehicle electronics, you find yourself doing a lot of electronic type of work on vehicles, or you have a very big, like a rewiring job on a, on a restoration for a Jeep or something like that, that would be something that you might want to have on hand. Uh, being able to light up a, uh, a reverse light circuit by just sending power through that probe into that circuit and being able to light something up um, and determining whether or not there's a fault there or not. Being able to actually measure the voltage uh, and test for voltage or ground or continuity all with a single tool uh, and all without having to adjust and reset settings and stuff like that like you would with a digital multimeter. Very handy. Very expensive, um, but and not for everybody. And I would guess that the the digital probe you could actually go along a line and and, and put voltage in and determine where the break in the line was. So if you, you could, if that yeah, if that's the kind of situation that you're faced right. with, where it's like, well, I've uh, my fuel pump has stopped working, but the fuse is good, uh, and um, and I've got you know power on either side of the fuse, so I know that the circuit has power, but for some reason it's not getting power. Um, and so you could find out by testing, like you said, multiple points down the line, find out 
essentially where the break in the circuit is. And I would assume it's the, the little screwdriver part is pointy so that you can actually pierce uh, the, uh, the the insulation on the wire and your finger if you're not careful. <laughs> now, this would be a, a message for Nikki G, but uh, aren't all probes pointy? <laughs> well, <laughs> it depends on your age. So, uh, would you say that a, 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 a digital voltmeter would be just as good as a, a digital probe or uh, this well, light thing? With, not a, with, a proper, with a proper attachment. I was going to say, with, with proper attachments, with proper training, um, but digital multimeters can also be expensive. Yes, I know you could probably get one for around $20 at Harbor Freight or something like that, but you're getting a $20 multimeter, and chances are it's not going to be very accurate. Oh, you'd be surprised. So, they're very inexpensive. Uh, I mean, they're uh, just a, you know 5 or $10 more than these probes. So that's the reason why I was asking about that. I love the digital voltmeter, and that's oh, what I always too. use. I, and I, I've got one. It's in my tool bag at all times, uh, right there with my test light and my OBD2 reader and mm-hmm. my crimper, crimper tools and stuff. I mean, there, there's there's like a half a dozen tools that I never leave the house without. I keep it uh, right next to my scotch tape and masking tape and those uh, <laughs> those twist nuts, you know, for uh, uh, yeah. quick quick wire repairs. <laughs> No, no. If 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 you don't have a test light in your toolbox, uh, and this is something that you're you're in the market for, I, I would get at least something to get you by. Don't mm-hmm. buy the cheapest thing out there. Just stay away from that that incandescent bulb and the screwdriver handle type of thing. Find yourself a decent logic probe. Uh, even get a Harbor Freight one to start learning how to how these things work and how to use them and stuff like that. And then maybe uh, you know as you get a little more comfortable, jump up to a digital multimeter or even a full logic probe, something like that. Uh, to really improve your, your your tool set. It's like tools. It's better to have the tool than not, and it's better to have the, the test device than not because you may be in a situation where you need it and you're just stuck because you don't know yeah. there's nothing you can do other than call a friend or take it to a shop. You're listening to Jeep Talk Show, the number one Jeep podcast. At my mom's house. Hey, coming up on our next interview episode, Cody with TrailChasers.net. He's part of the 4x4 Radio Network. His his show, his whole team is part of the 4x4 Radio Network. Don't miss that interview coming up this Thursday on the Jeep Talk Show. Are you living the Jeep life? From mall crawlers to weekend warriors, from daily drivers to weekend wheelers, it's all about the Jeep life, and it's all good. It's time for Jeep Life with Jeep Mama. So with the Jeep Talk Show wheeling event coming up and the warm summer temperatures arriving, it means it's time to get out onto those off-road trails again. And it's also time to brush up on the unwritten rules of trail etiquette to keep everyone safe. So here are Jeep Mama's do's and don'ts. Do keep track of your group when off-roading in a group. It is the responsibility of every driver to keep track of the vehicle behind them via your rearview mirror. Don't leave your new friends behind on the trail. Don't tailgate. It is dangerous and annoying. And this is on the trails. Allow the vehicle ahead of you to completely pass over an obstacle before you make an attempt because they may have to redo their line and back up and start all over and pick a different line going over those rocks. Adieu. The vehicles going up an incline have the right-of-way. On steep inclines, the loss of the climbing momentum might cause a loss of traction or an engine stall, especially on those older Jeeps and if they have a manual Jeep. The vehicles going down should pull over as safely and as quickly as possible. Another don't, 
Don't speed on the trails. Trail riding is not a quick activity. Take your time, be aware of all the obstacles, and enjoy the environment around you. One time when I was at Uari, uh, the, I was on a trail ride and they liked speeding in between the obstacles and one of the guys was speeding through and didn't see a, a root, a tree root, and he tore his axle all up. Ooh. Yeah. He, and he was out, he was by himself and oh, gee. he had to call everyone to come get him and yada, 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 you know, the whole story of that kind of stuff. A do, do be prepared. Make sure you bring the essentials, including a toe strap, recovery kits, tools, fire extinguisher, first aid kit, your communication radio. That's what I'm going to call them now because everybody has something different nowadays. A spare tire. You should always have a spare tire on the trails. Those are just a few of the things. Another do is stop to help others, even if they're not in your group, because we're all relying on each other, especially out in those remote areas. And one thing I found out about the Afro community is it's one of the friendliest and most helpful groups of people out there. A don't. Dusting. Anytime you drive by someone on a dirt, dry dirt road at more than 10 miles per hour, you're creating a huge dust cloud behind you. And another a, a number of Jeeps are open air, we're topless, so all that dust not only covers the interior of our vehicle, it can inhibit our vision and breathing. So slow down to a crawl when you're passing each other to prevent these big dust clouds. Another don't, wheel spin. My dreaded I hate wheel spinning. Ordinarily, wheel spinning is the result of one of two things, driver error or having the wrong equipment. Either... One is going to throw rocks or mud onto other vehicles, cause ruts in the trails, making it an unpleasant experience for the next person. If you find yourself in a situation where you are spinning excessively, try another line or turn around. Don't rock stack. Now, if you're in a really, really bad situation, this is permissible occasionally, but if you are routinely stacking rocks to make it over an obstacle, you're going to want to rethink your route or your capability or your vehicle's capability. Rock stacking, all it does is disturb the environment and it changes the obstacle permanently. And it also makes it more difficult for the other people going through. A couple of other obstacle t tips. Closely observe the vehicle in front of you because this is going to help you pick proper lines for negotiating a rough spot. The ability to see their rear differential in comparison to yours is a good way to watch how the other person goes over the obstacle. It gives you a better perspective when there are multiple obstacles by dropping farther back. It gives you more time to think through your strategy. And when you're stopped, you pull completely off the trail and pick a spot that's already been disturbed or try to do that try not to park on tall grass dry grass especially for fire safety reasons be patient helpful and keep a good attitude because next time you could be the one that has some issues now if you've made several attempts to go over an obstacle or through an obstacle and there's a long line of rigs waiting their turn move aside and let them through and then you can try again or there's nothing wrong with being winched through that obstacle if you can't make it through leave your ego at home 
Are you listening? Leave your ego at home. Don't let others pressure you into doing something you're not comfortable with doing. There's nothing wrong with taking the bypass if you or your vehicle is not up to tackling an obstacle. And especially if you have driven your Jeep to the trail because you're going to want to get home. Always, always practice leave no trace and tread lightly ethics. Now, there's a link in my show notes of my top five trail etiquette tips. You might want to check it out because in my video, I pay homage to Josh and an old Jeep talk show reference. So check it out and um, you'll take a trip down memory lane. Is it Boughton? Because I remember when he used to say oh, Boughton. God. <laughs> <laughs> um, Josh, Tony, do you have any other etiquette tips to share? Uh, the red Jeep has the, has the right of way. No, yeah. no, no. no. <laughs> uh, Sorry, the thing wrong. that I would I would say uh, that to add to this would be uh, you know don't drink and drive. Uh, oh, very good. good. You know, or I should say wheel and drive. Um, I've been almost the victim of uh, somebody whose uh, uh, wherewithal was a little bit uh, compromised because uh, they had been unbeknownst to me drinking for half the day. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, by the time we hit the third or fourth trail, he came up on my rear end real fast. Oh, boy, there's a line for so you. So frustrating when you see That'll that. That'll be, uh, Nikki G, uh, next up. Yep. Right. Time, yeah. And I, I honestly had to, there was a, I don't know, a hundred foot section of trail that I had to go through much faster than I wanted to because, uh, had I not, I'm sure that he would have plowed right into me. So, and it's, I, I actually got out and, and kind of chastised him a little bit, you know, and I mean, didn't, you know, burn any bridges here or anything, but after the fact, I was like, geez, I was kind of a dick, but dude, you did almost no, plow into no, my no, 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 right. You weren't the one being the dick there. You were calling the guy out. Somebody needed to, and I'm assuming he had a passenger and the passenger wasn't doing it. So God, there was three or four, there was four people in that, in that chair. And they were probably all doing the same thing. And, and yeah. I can tell you, uh, Tammy, that thing that really bothers me uh, also bothers you where people don't get the hell out of the way. They pull up just enough where they can jump out of their Jeep and watch, uh, you know, you come up the, the trail or the, uh, the obstacle. And, you know, they may not have had to have the room, but, Maybe they got lockers and they didn't need to have the wheel speed to get over the obstacle or through right. the obstacle. And now not, now, not only do you have to navigate the obstacle, you also have to get your foot off the gas and on the pedal so in you a don't fraction of an inch of a time so that you can not slam into the back of them. Josh, right. I think I'm understanding what may have happened to you. <laughs> well, I have a dent in my uh, rear passenger door because of that exact same thing. Somebody didn't get out of the way and I had to finesse my jeep around them and in right. order to do that i i had i had to go really off camber at one point and i put my passenger door into their spare tire we got to get you a thousand watt pa system set up on your uh, on, on your oh, cherokee so ah, hey you with the silver wrangler where the f are you come move your shit <laughs> another thing as you guys were talking about that reminded me when you're passing another group like if you're like a they're coming around to bend or whatever and, you know, you're all, you think you're waving to each other, but you're not really waving because that group is telling you there's four more people than the yeah. next Jeep puts up three right. fingers. So be careful when there's Jeepers passing you because I think they, motorcyclists do this too. Yeah. They're holding yeah, this, up how many people is, are behind them. This is a, an aspect of trail etiquette that I think is somewhat regional. 
Um, there's a lot of that that happens out here in the Northwest. Um, at other places that I've been, not so much. Uh, Correct. And, and it's, it's one of those things where, you know, yeah, if you're in a group and there's, you know, seven other Jeepers behind you, you need to let them know because, you know, you guys could be spaced out uh, a, fair, a fair amount of ways. And this is another one of those things where it comes into uh, why it's so important to keep the Jeep behind you in your rearview mirror at all times. Um, and so even if that means that the person in front of you is starting to get a little farther away, they too need to remember to keep you in their rearview mirror as well. These are all kinds of things that will go, should be discussed and talked about in the driver's meeting before everybody hits the trail. Correct. So, um, you know, those kinds of things can help keep the group together, can help keep uh, groups who pass each other, uh, you know, n from getting all tangled up and creating a big cluster F out on the trail. Good stuff, Tammy. Good stuff. So how does Tammy's Jeep life compare with yours? We're always looking for Jeep stories to contact us and let us know what your Jeep life is like. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out all the ways that you can reach out to us. Hey, and while you're there at jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, be sure that you uh, find that link to click and sign up for our newsletter. If you don't know about our newsletter, well, the Jeep Talk Show sends out a newsletter once a week. That's it. Uh, there are no third parties involved. It comes from us. It's uh, fr from us to you, and it's chock full of all kinds of great information about what we have coming up on the show, how you can join in on the fun, how you can join our roundtable episodes, actually become a part of a Jeep Talk Show episode as we record it, and also what we have coming up as far as interviews, giveaways, and more. All kinds of great information. It's all for free, and it's all in our newsletter, and it's all at jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Well, that's all the Jeep Talk Show there is for now, Jeeper. Until our next show, be sure to consider helping the Jeep Talk Show get to the next Easter Jeep Safari by becoming a paid subscriber today. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. In a blind taste test, 9 out of 10 people chose to become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show over getting a swift kick to the shins. The other 10% of people were related to Nikki G, and they couldn't be helped. Podcasting since 2010.